0: You're listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Learn about local issues, meet candidates, and find out what we're doing to bring more options to Georgia voters. Hey, everyone. This is Nathan Wilson. I'm the executive director of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. I want to talk about some of the problems overcoming uh, running for political office in the state of Georgia. So you may feel like you don't belong and won the two major parties and that they don't represent you fairly enough and that you would like to run as an independent, as a libertarian, as a green party, as a constitutionalist and, you know, challenge the status quo because your house representative or congressman is not representing you. And you may have talked to friends and family and your neighbors and feel that you could actually win if you actually were on the ballot. So to get you started, first you have to pay a filing fee. The filing fees are due in March. This, for a congressional race, will cost you a little over five grand. For a state house race, is only $400, but you still have to pay a filing fee. We have some of the highest filing fees in the United States. States like Illinois only cost a couple of dollars, which pays with the processing in order for you to be actually on the ballot. So, have the money up front to pay to be on the ballot. Now, you are not running as a Republican or Democrat. You will actually have to petition to be on the ballot. So your petitioning actually has to start 180 days before the filing fee, uh, the filing deadline, which is the first Monday in July. So starting in January, you have to start collecting signatures in order to meet the uh, ballot access requirements in a congressional race that'll be somewhere around 30 to 40,000 signatures and ideally you want to collect double that in order to make sure that you have enough signatures and meeting the requirements of living in the district, being a registered voter and having the uh, being current as far as being uh, registered to vote because your voter registration can lapse over time and the Secretary of State's office can remove people from uh, being registered to vote for various reasons. So you need a petition in your district and collect these signatures. You can pay a firm to do this, which will cost you about $5 a signature. So if you're collecting about 30,000 signatures, you need to collect double that. So you need to raise about $150,000 in order to make sure that you collect enough signatures so that you'll be on the ballot in November. So you'll spend 180 days collecting signatures, or at least paying someone to pay signatures, then pay a filing fee of, for Congressionalists, for this example, a little over $5,000. Now you submit your signatures, and you have to wait. The Secretary of State's office has A few weeks to review every single signature, which, by the way, had to be on a legal sheet of paper, had to be notarized. So you actually had to pay a notary for those signatures. They get to review it. And then if they do not approve you for being on the ballot, for having enough signatures, you have a week to review those signatures yourself and basically uh, arbitrate a disagreement with the, the secretary of state's office to verify more signatures. In the meantime, you are going to be passed up for media attention because you, as a independent candidate or third-party candidate, will not be in the primary. If you manage to get on the ballot, you'll only be in the general election, which is in November. So from March to June, you'll be missing valuable media attention, which would be in the upwards of millions of dollars in free advertising because you would be part of the news because you will be part of the primary. And that's an additional month if the primary gets bumped to a runoff. So be prepared to overcome millions of dollars in free advertising, which you'll be missing out on because you'll be running as a third-party candidate. So you have spent millions of dollars to overcome the free media attention that you are not getting, have spent at least $150,000 in order to collect signatures, you have spent the filing fee in order to, to be a candidate, and you've managed to be on the ballot. So, are you polling high enough to be included in the debates? Well, you can pay someone to do the polls for you and put out that money, or buy ad space in the newspapers and uh, news outlets in order to include you in those polls as well, because the media does not legally have to require to put you in any poll. So if you're not included in a poll, you don't get high poll numbers. And if you don't have poll numbers, you do not get to be in the debates. So roll around to November. How's everything going for you? You spent millions of dollars. You have, uh, had to struggle and fight for every single instance to be on the ballot. And now the election results are coming in. So how did you do? Well, in this uh, case of a congressional race, if you uh, brought in less than 5% of the vote, be prepared if you wanted to run again to do this process all over again, because you did not meet a minimum level of votes required in order to garner ballot access for the next race. This is true for every single districted race in the state of Georgia. So if you go under a certain percentage those efforts are in vain and then you would have to then go back and start this process year after year for all races within the state of Georgia. This is also true for statewide races except the petition requirements is only 1%. In our case, in the Libertarian Party of Georgia, we've been able to maintain statewide ballot access by getting over 1% of the vote every two years for over a decade. However, in order to gain full statewide ballot access, only two races matter, governor and president. If either one of those two races get over 20%, then that party, which they registered for, will gain full ballot access and official party status within the state of Georgia. So you're, you're listening to this and say, that is way too much trouble. You don't want to go through the process. You don't want to spend millions of dollars. You don't want to deal with all the headaches of overcoming all this free media attention. So you're just going to play ball and uh, run as a Republican or a Democrat. So, why are you running? Is it because the seat's wide open or is because the person representing your district is abysmal? Well, in either case, other people will be running in that race. So, just as normal, you still have to pay the filing fee. You'll be included in the primaries. You'll get media attention. You will then either win or lose that primary and then move on to the general. In the case that you lose in a primary against an incumbent, then 75% of that filing fee is cut back to the party in which you registered for. So in a congressional race, you spent over $5,000, about three and a half grand will go back to the GOP and will put into their coffers. In the case of my congressional district, we had a gentleman polling in the single digits, voted for the omnibus bill as a Republican, and was getting abysmal approval ratings. We had 10 people run as Republicans against him. Each one of those people paid a $5,000 filing fee. He won in a runoff in July and then was unopposed in November. After all said and done, the GOP had a poor candidate, and they raised over40,000 dollars without doing anything. So this is why we discourage people trying to run as a Republican. So on the off chance, say you won. You won, you ran as a Republican, you're in office, and you want to be able to represent the party. You want to switch party affiliations and show you your true colors and you know, help out the party. That's great. You can absolutely do that. However, when you run for re-election, you will have to petition to be on the ballot the following uh, election because the ballot access requirements only recognize for the party in which you ran under for. So even if you are currently holding office and wanted to run as an independent, libertarian, Or constitutionalist, you would have to go through those hoops in order to get back on the ballot. The entire setup from start to finish is disadvantageous to independent candidates. It starts with ballot access requirements and filing fees. And it ends with the people who benefit the most not changing the laws in order to maintain money. And control of the votes in the legislature. This is what the Libertarian Party has been fighting for for over a decade. So if you want to help out with these efforts, check out us at lpgeorgia.com. You can click on donate. You can contact us at inquiries at lpgeorgia.com. Or if you want to run as a candidate and help spread the word on this, or help fund other candidates who are fighting us, reach out to us. You can reach out to me at executive.director at lpgeorgia.com or you can find me at Twitter at NathanTheNumber4Liberty or you can email us at any social media at the party at lpgeorgia. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. The theme song for this episode was Metal Tania by Kevin McLeod, released to the public domain through freepd.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us and leave a review. You can email the show's producers at podcast at lpgeorgia.com. If you're a libertarian in the state of Georgia, don't forget to find your local affiliate at lpgeorgia.com.